as we start here, we'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> um, and I, I do feel a little bit guilty. Um, I, uh, I, I tend to do things very last minute for whatever reason. Um, I think I picked up this habit in college where inspiration, inspiration strikes like five minutes before I'm supposed to do something, um, which, which serves you well sometimes, but it's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a dangerous thing to rely on. But I was sitting on the library for the, 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 the song service, and kind of inspiration struck about something I wanted to add to the message, but my notebook is, is literally completely full. Um, so I stole one of the last few of uh, Rachel's bridal shower invitation. So if someone doesn't end up getting one of these and you need the information, uh, just come and find me, and I got it here. I won't need this after the message. Um, I think that's one of the last couple. But uh, yeah, anyways, um, if you need that, I got it. But we'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to read um, a decently long portion of scripture here. So um, don't, don't check out because it's all very relevant. Um, and one thing, one thing I really like is, is reading through passages, especially like Paul's teachings um, and also, of course, Jesus' messages, and just seeing the flow of what they're trying to say. Um, you know, anyone who's been around Christianity for a long time, like you have a lot of like random verses in your mind normally. Um, but usually not like long passages. And to me, it's always super interesting to see how like really well-known verses fit into the context of the passage. So we'll see, we'll see a couple of well-known verses in this passage, but the flow of everything that Paul is saying here is going to be really relevant. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 1 through 15. So bear with me, all right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and all, did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness." Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for our ensamples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but as such as, com as, as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able." but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you might be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. So I just want to reread a few verses, verses 11, 12, and 15. 
Now all these things happen unto them for, for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. And verse 15, I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. And what's Paul saying here? Paul's saying, look back at history. Look back at your own history. Um, and you think of everything that the nation of Israel went through. I mean, look at the whole Old Testament. What is it basically? The whole Old Testament is just, it's a lot of history, right? It's, it's a story. Um, you know, and, and in school, my favorite uh, subject was history. And to me, it, it, it was always a no-brainer. It's like almost a cheater subject. It's like, okay, um, I have a subject in school where I just read stories. Yeah, sign me up. Uh, that, that's, that, that's like a no-brainer. Um, I get to read stories as, as schoolwork. Like, schoolwork isn't allowed to be fun. How is this even, how, how, do, they, how do they even let this subject in? It, it didn't make sense to me. Um, but I like history, and I, I really enjoy trying to figure out how people think, right? And trying to think back, okay, you had these famous characters in history, they did this, and what, what, what made them do that? Like, what were they thinking? Um, that, that's always been kind of interesting to me. And um, another thing with history is, is, is you're supposed to learn from history, right? Uh, what's this saying? You know, those, those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, or something along those lines. And it's true. Like, if you read any amount of history, you see a lot of the same things just happening over and over and over again. Um, we as humans, we're, we're really bad at learning from our mistakes and even worse at learning from other people's mistakes. Um, and, you know, even, even sometimes it's, it's hard to figure out, you know, like, like what people were thinking because times are different, right? I mean, just, just put yourself in the shoes of the children of Israel. Like, sometimes I like to do this. Okay, what, what if I was alive in this era of history? Like, what would that be like? Like, think of the children of Israel. I mean... You know, no, no electricity. Like, I can't, I, can't even, I can't even imagine life without electricity. Um, like, we're over in Africa, you know, some of the houses didn't have it. Um, they said, like, in the hotel, sometimes they had to, like, shut it off randomly. Because I just, I was thinking, man, what, what would life be like without electricity? Like, I freak out if I can't charge my phone, right? But what, what like, seriously, <laughs> like, like, sometimes there'd be times in the airport where, like, it's, like, freak out times you can't find a plug-in, right, to charge your phone. And man, what, what, what would my life come to if my phone runs out of battery? But it's like, just not having any electricity at all. Like, you know, not having a, a TV, not having a, um, a microwave, not having, you know, a toaster, right? Wouldn't even have a toaster. That'd be a bummer. Um, but just think all the things that are different. I mean, no, no, no airplanes, no cars, not even bikes, right? Um, like, literally everything's different. And, and it's kind of hard to wrap your, your mind around what, what it would be like to live in, in different eras. I mean, it's kind of fun, but you can't, you can't really even do it. Um, you know, picture someone from back then coming to live in our times. Like, you couldn't even hardly function. Uh, just things change, right? But fundamentally, I don't, people really don't change. People really don't change. And what Paul is saying here is, look, look back at your history. You know, maybe, maybe times have changed, maybe things are different, but fundamentally, people don't change. And, and the mistakes that the children of Israel made, God recorded them for a reason. And it's for us to learn. Paul literally says twice that they're there for our samples, right? They're there for an example. We're, we're to learn from what they did. We're to, we're to learn from what happened to them. 
So tonight, I just want to kind of break down different parts of, or almost errors of, of the journey of the children of Israel. And hopefully we can learn something from the different eras. I'm going to kind of broad brush a little bit. Um, obviously, there's different things going on during the different eras. But I'm going to kind of broad brush kind of generalities of these different eras and what we can learn from what the children of Israel went through. So you think about the history of the children of Israel, the first one I'd like to talk about is the time of the patriarchs. Now, you know, the, the term patriarchy has kind of fallen on hard times for whatever reason. Uh, it's kind of like a buzzword now. You know, for, if you hear any news, you hear about down with the patriarchy. Um, but patriarch just means, you know, a, a male leader. And you think of the patriarchs, it was a very important time in the history of nation of Israel, for the Jews, the, the patriarchs were a very important thing. And you think of the great men of God that there were, you know, um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, these, these great men of God. Um, you know, the, the, the founders of the nation of Israel, right? This God's chosen people, these, these great men of God. Um, like I said, the men like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, Joseph, you know, these guys, leading up to the time of Moses. But what was, what, was, what was something that kind of characterized this time almost, almost before, you know, the, the nation of Israel? You know, leading up to the nation of Israel, the, the, the founding of the nation of Israel. And uh, a term I thought it was, was time of uncertainty. A time of uncertainty. Turn, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. There's some well-known verses here. Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the, the hall of faith, or, right? The hall of faith. She's talking about some of, some of the great men and women from the history of, of Israel. And here we hear about Abraham. So Hebrews chapter 11, let's look at verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from, whom, from whence also he received him in a figure. And just something that, that to me seems to characterize, you know, these guys' lives was just uncertainty. You know, picture it. Um, Abraham was well-established. His, his father had founded a city, we see in history. And also in the Bible, his father had founded a city. They are very um, affluent, very influential. And God called Abraham to leave you know, the city that his father had established and to go out. Yeah, just go out. Um, and man, just, just, just think about that. Just think about that. To take your family and to just, just leave and to go... You know, he knew not whither. That's, that's the terminology that was used. Just, just picture this. You know, God's saying, you know, so-and-so, 
Um, I want you to move. Okay, God, that's a big step, but I'll do that. Um, where am I going? Yeah, just go. Okay? So, you know, you, uh, you go rent a U-Haul, you pack everything up, and you just, you just hit the road. Just picture that. Um, I mean, we take, we take some of these stories for granted sometimes, but just, just picture doing that. That's crazy. Um, just think about that, the uncertainty. And God says, um, Abraham, I have, I have this land I'm going to give you and your descendants um, someday. And you're going to look forward to that. But he went out, and he said he lived in tents. He wasn't established. He just wandered, right? Uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and God says, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Okay, God. Um, Abraham, I'm going to give you one son. Okay, God. <laughs> um, I mean, one, you know, one's a, one's a start, I guess. Um, Abraham, I want you to take that one son and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, I don't see how, you know, taking away the one that I have is going to make a great nation, but I guess I'll trust you. Man, just, just think about everything that Abraham went through. Um, just all the uncertainty that was there. But yet, every time God told Abraham to take a step, he took it. He took it. Think about Noah. You know, another great man of God, one of, one of the patriarchs, Noah. Man, we, we owe a lot to Noah. Um, the one just man that God could find during that time. And just think, think about, again, another, another well-known story, but just, just think about it. Here's Noah living his life, trying to live justly with his family when the whole world was, was wicked, right? You know, think, we think we're you know, getting outnumbered these days. Think about your family, and that's it, right? You're the only conservatives, right? Um, that's crazy. And then God comes to Noah and says, Noah, I want you to, uh, I want you to build this giant boat. Uh, okay, um, sure, God. Uh, yeah, and uh, you're going to work on this boat for the next 100 years, all right? <laughs> um, that's wild. That's wild. Um, building this giant structure, working on this one project that God has given you for 100 years. Man, that takes a lot of faith. And he didn't, he didn't know what was coming. He didn't know all, all of what was going to happen. But he trusted God even, even amidst all that uncertainty, and he stayed faithful for a hundred years working on that boat. Uncertainty. But again, what, what is the two things that, that characterize both these men? And there's others. Um, think of Joseph. Um, think of Isaac. All these guys. What's something that characterized all these guys? Is that even in the midst of the uncertainty, right? They didn't know everything that was going on. You know, all the promises that God had given, they didn't know how those were going to come about. What was the one thing that characterized all these guys? That when God showed them a step to take, they took it. When God showed them a step to take, they took it. And sometimes the steps were crazy, right? Build this giant boat for the next 100 years. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty wild step, all right? Pack up your family and just go. I'm not telling you where, just go. Man, that, that's a crazy step. Sacrifice the one son that I've given you, this child of promise. Sacrifice him. Man, that's a wild step. But every time that God showed these men a step, they took it. You know, and, and thinking of these as, as, as examples for us, you know, there's, there's times in our lives where there's just uncertainty. You know, where, where maybe things seem like they're on track. You know, you, you had your life in order. You knew, you knew what was coming. And all of a sudden, something happens. You know, you name it. And all of a sudden, there's, there's just uncertainty. You know, maybe you're living your life like, like Abraham. 
you know, all of a sudden that uncertainty comes and it's something that God drops in your lap. You know, do this thing. Wow, man. But God, what, what's, what's going to happen? Don't worry about it. Just, just trust me. Times of uncertainty in our lives. And we're all going to have times like that. We're all going to have times like that. Um, you know, failed, failed expectations. You thought, you thought you knew what was coming. But it changed. Times of uncertainty. What are you going to do? Well, what's the say in Hebrews? By faith, Abraham. By Noah. Uh, by faith, Noah. By faith. And in those times, have faith. Take those steps that God gives you. Maybe God's not going to show you everything that he wants you to do, but when God shows you a step of faith, take it. When God shows you a step of faith, take it. Rest in your faith. God is in control. Do what you know to be right. Again, you think, you think of Noah. Um, and I, if I was Noah, I'd be going out every day, you know, praying, God, God, you know, could you give me a little bit more information here? Um, you know, I started the boat. You know, what's next? Uh, but we have, no, and, and, uh, we have nothing that says God, God ever gave no further steps. And just for a hundred years, he's just working on this boat, just being faithful, just doing what he knew to be right. You know, sometimes it feels like that. I mean, God, you know, I'm here, I'm doing what you told me to do. What's the next step? And God just says, be faithful. Be faithful. When God shows you a step, take the step and remain faithful in that step. God has a plan. God's in control. And actually, there's, there's, that's really comforting, you know, knowing we don't have to come up with, you know, X, Y, and Z for the rest of our life, that God has a plan for us, and we just need to take the next step that God shows us. So in times of uncertainty, rest in your faith, take the steps that God shows you, and do those faithfully. The next kind of time frame era I want to look at is slavery in Egypt. Slavery in Egypt. So after these time of the patriarchies, you know, you had Abraham, you had, uh, you had Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and leads right up to the time when Joseph brings, you know, his, him and his brothers into Egypt. They had, a, they had the change of leadership there, and boom, they go from being, you know, kind of honored guests in the lands to slaves uh, for the next, you know, several hundred years. And I would kind of dub this, this time frame a time of despair and intense, hard, intense hardship and not belonging. Despair, intense hardship, and a feeling of not belonging. So you think about that. You know, they're, they're away from this, this land that God had promised to Abraham. You know, Abraham, you know, Isaac, Jacob, they never got established there, but at least they were there. Now they're away from that. They're in, they're in this foreign land. They're amidst um, these, these foreign people who went from being their friends to their, to their masters, right? Um, they're slaves. You know, they're they're, they're doing manual labor, um, and then one king decides, you know, uh, I'm going to actually start, you know, killing you guys off um, on top of everything else, you know, I'm doing to you. I'm going to start killing you off as well. Um, man, I would call that uh, some pretty intense hardship, despair, and not belonging. You know, and there, maybe there'll be times in our lives where we, we would put ourselves in one of those categories. Maybe, for all I know, you know, someone here tonight feels like that. Maybe, maybe you have feelings of despair or you're going through something intense, something hard, something difficult. Maybe you feel like, like you just don't belong in some way. So what is, what is the message? Well, don't despair. Deliverance is coming. Don't despair. Deliverance is coming. Again, God had a plan. 
You know, God had his eye on a little baby named Moses. You know, someone that the king wanted to destroy, but God saved alive. A deliverer. God had a plan. And God has a plan for our lives, too. Um, you know, sometimes when, when, you're, when you're in the midst of something, you know, maybe, maybe it feels like, like everyone has forgotten you, right? You feel alone. You feel like you don't belong. Man, it's hard in those times to have faith. But those sometimes are, are the most important times to have faith. Right? Because you, 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 you don't know what's going on. And that's what faith's all about, right? The evidence of things not seen. Have faith. God has a plan. God had never forgotten the children of Israel. And when they're in the midst of it, man, it probably felt like that. It probably felt like, man, God made all these promises to our, to our father Abraham. You know, what, this is where we're at? And what, when the world is going on? God must have forgotten about us. God had never forgotten about them. And God had a plan. God had a plan for deliverance. And you think about the way that played out. You know, the way the, way the children of Israel left Egypt. Man, if they had freaked out, they had, if they had abandoned God's plan, you know, we, ne- we, never would have had, we never would have had the plagues. We never would have had the parting of the Red Sea. You know, we never would have had all those things where later on, everyone else and all the surrounding kingdoms would say, man, you see what their God did to, to Egypt? You remember those plagues? You heard about those plagues? You heard about him parting the Red Sea? You heard about all these things that their God did for this people? And God was glorified not only in, in Israel, in the, the children of Israel, not only in Egypt, but in all these other kingdoms too because of the way he delivered them. And he took, he took their, their intense hardship and he, he delivered them in such a way that he was glorified. I think... I don't think, I, I know that God, that's what God wants to do in our lives. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we're in hardship because, because of things we've done. Um, sometimes we're in hardship because of things other people do to us. Sometimes, the um, Bible seems to indicate we, God puts us through times of hardship for whatever reason. But it doesn't matter how we got there. That's besides the point. It doesn't matter why we're in hardship. God has promised that he wants to take any hardship that we're in and he wants to turn it for our good. He wants to turn it for our good. And in the process, his name will be glorified in a special way. So when you're in those times of, of despair, intense hardship and not belonging, don't despair. Deliverance is coming. God has not forgotten you. And he wants to glorify himself through your deliverance. So we've seen the patriarchs. We've seen slavery in Egypt. Thirdly, I want to talk about, real quickly, the wilderness. The wilderness wandering. And this, this, is, this one to me is, is really intriguing. Um, just everything that the children of Israel went through. And I'll try not to get sidetracked here. Um, <clears throat> but just want to kind of term this, again, generally speaking, monotony of life and failed expectations. Monotony of life and failed expectations. What do I mean by that? Well, just again, put yourself in the shoes of the children of Israel. Okay. God promised Abraham, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a great nation, and I'm going to give you your own land. Right? They're slaves in Egypt. Well, during that time, they had grown to be a great nation. When, they, when the exodus happened, the Bible seems to indicate that they were in the millions. Right? They're, they're a great nation. All right, so one of, this, one of the God's promises has come, to have, has come to pass. We're a great nation. Now we just need our land. Wow, God just delivered us, all these miracles, parting the Red Sea. 
here we go. We're going to charge into the promised land and we're going to establish this great nation in the land that God has promised to us. And what happens? The wilderness. The wilderness happens. And uh, I'm pretty sure that none of them were expecting to be in the wilderness as long as they were. I mean, if you, if you, look, at a, if you look at a map, you know, and in my mind as a kid, I always pictured, you know, the wilderness, you know, being like Egypt is here and on the map, you know, Israel's like way up here. But it's not. They're like, you know, right next to each other. Um, and they literally wandered in circles. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot of geographical, you know, land where they were wandering. They were literally wandering in circles for all that time. The wilderness wasn't a big place. Um, so why? You know, the children, had to, the children had to be thinking, man, it, it's right there. You know, why, why aren't we going there? God has promised this to us. He just delivered us in this great way. Why aren't we going there? And man, just, just <laughs> failed expectations. Um, and monotony of life. Um, just think about all the, just, just all the, the little things, the day-to-day things that, that the children of Israel complained about. You know, the, their water, you know, their food. Um, just infighting. You know, we don't have enough, we don't have enough people in, in charge with us, you know. All these different things that came up. And just, just the time for them must have seemed like it just dragged on and on. Man, God, you just, you just did this incredible thing. You just did all these miracles. It seems like we're, we're right, it's right there. It's right there. Why don't you just lead us in, right? But the time just dragged on and on and on. And for them, man, it just seemed like, man, ah, why, isn't, why isn't God doing something? Why isn't God moving us forward? And maybe, maybe there can be times in our life where it feels like that, where we're just kind of, we're kind of stuck. You know, we've seen God do great things in the past. We kind of have an expectation of things that are going to happen. But it's just, just life just kind of goes on sometimes, right? And that's not, that's not a bad thing. You know, there's seasons of life where, where just, that just seems to happen. But what's going on during those times? Um, obviously, God wanted to teach the children of Israel something. And, and during those times, God wants to teach us something. But what's, what's the temptation? And what did the children of Israel, what, what was their issue? <laughs> what is our issue? What do we like to do too? Again, people haven't really changed that much. And in times of, of failed expectations and a time where your life seems maybe a little boring and, and things aren't happening like you, like you like them to, what do we tend to do? We tend to complain. And that's exactly what the children of Israel did. Um, they complained about literally everything you could think about. Um, they complained that they didn't like their water, that they didn't have enough water. They complained that they didn't have food. And then when God sent food, that they didn't have enough food. Um, and they didn't like the food that they had sent. And they wanted meat. Well, we don't want you know, that kind of meat. That's like everything. We, we want onions. Imagine that. Um, who's ever complained about the fact they don't have enough onions? Well, they complained about that. Um, they complained about their leadership. I'm sure we've all complained about that. <laughs> we can all uh, identify with complaining about bad leadership. Um, and the thing was, the thing was, the thing that's, that's so intriguing is even though maybe they had failed expectations and maybe things like seem were kind of monotonous, this time that they were in was dragging out longer than they expected, that, that God, God, was, God was more evident during that time than he had ever been or ever would be. Because you think about that, all the time they're traveling through the wilderness, what did they have? They had that pillar of fire and they had that pillar of smoke. And uh, the Bible says, um, I think in Numbers 21, that 
that pillar of fire and that pillar of smoke that had never departed from them, that it was always visible. And at any point during the day, they could walk out of their tent and they could look and they could see this pillar of fire and this pillar of smoke. I mean, not, not a natural thing. I mean, if we walk outside, we see a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke. Someone's just burning down their house or something, right? We don't think, oh, you know, there, there's, there's God. It, it, was a, it was a supernatural thing, right? It wasn't a natural thing. And at any point, they could walk out and they could look and say, man, God, God's, God's still with us. I mean, there, there's a literal representation of God right there I can look at. Um, and it wasn't like God had left them. And God was supplying everything they needed. Everything they needed, God was supplying it. And you know, how many times in our lives, it's like God, God is so clearly visible in our, in our lives, right? God is clearly working in our lives. We have, we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. They didn't have that. We have the Holy Spirit in our lives um, working in us. You know, we, we have a church to go to. And there's, there's clear evidence of, of God working. And God, God is so good to us. Um, we are so blessed. But man, we still, we still complain. Because we, we have expectations of what our life should look like. And we have expectations of, of what should be happening in our lives. And, that, and things, things aren't living up to the standards of, of how we think they should be going. So what do we do? We complain. And man, it's, it's, it's so easy to complain. Um, <clears throat> And you, and, you have, and you have that story of, of they, they complained. They, just, they had just won a great battle, right? And God had won them the battle. Like, everyone knew that. God says, if you, if you do this, I will fight for you. And God fought for them and won the battle. And it's like directly after that, the people started complaining about the manna. Um, and they went, to, they, went, they went to Moses and said, you know, we're not, we're not happy with the manna. Uh, this bread's too light, which I don't, even, I don't even know what that means. But the, the, the bread was too light, so they didn't like it. Um, so God said, look, I'm sick of your complaining. I'm sick of you going against Moses. I'm sick of you complaining about your leadership. So I'm going I'm to send these serpents, right? And, and these, these fiery serpents, the Bible says, come, and they start biting people, and people start dying. Um, so people changed their mind. They, they decided that Moses was a good guy after all, and they went to him and said, Moses, you've got to help us. You have access to God. You talk to God. You've got to save us. So Moses went to God and said, you know, could you please take away the snakes? And what did God do? God didn't take away the snakes. Um, he told uh, Moses to erect that, that brass pillar, and he said, look, if you look at the, if you look at the pillar, you know, I'm not going to take away the snakes. The snakes are still going to bite you, but if you, if you, look, at, if you look to me, um, if you look at that pillar, I will save you. I will, I will give you life, right? Um, and that's, that's the key. You know, it's, it's so easy to complain and, and pray to God. and say, God, you've got to take away these circumstances in my life. You know, which maybe he will, maybe he won't. Um, he didn't take away the snakes. But what did he do? He gave them a means of life, even, even amidst, you know, this, this, this hardship. Um, and that's what we saw in 1 Corinthians, right? That, that with the temptation, there's always a way of escape. And even in the midst of hardships, God's not always going to take away the hardship, but he's, he's always going to give an avenue for life. He's always going to give an avenue for life. You know, when, when, when we complain, when we look at the circumstances and we, and we turn our eyes from God, we look at ourselves, which is what the children of Israel did. Every time the children of Israel got into trouble, it's because they took their eyes off God and looked at themselves, right? And we do the same thing. What happens is, is we, we take our eyes off God, we start doing our own thing, we start complaining, and that always, that always leads to death. That always leads to separation. That always, that always leads to not great things happening. Um, but God... 
even in the midst of those times, God always gives a way for us to turn our eyes back to him and, and for us to have life. Um, a, way, a, way, a way to trust in him, a way to, to turn our eyes back on him, even in the midst of hardship. So in those times of your life where, where just life isn't living up to your expectations, times when you're tempted to complain, don't complain. Have faith. God is good enough. You know, the, the, grass, the grass isn't always greener. Um, and God promises, God promises that wherever you are, you can be content. That is possible. Even if circumstances are not optimal, that you can be content in those circumstances, and God wants that for you. The grass isn't greener. Have faith. And lastly, just quickly here, just want to look at this last time period, and that is the time of the promised land. Time of the promised land. And I like to, to kind of generally term this times of prosperity. Times of prosperity. And I think, I think, I think we live in, in this category more than we realize. Um, I, think, I think the majority of our lives, at least I know mine, the majority of my life has been lived in this category, even though I didn't realize it at the time. That, you know what, uh, things are a lot better than, than I think they are. Um, and I'm, I'm actually pretty prosperous. But you think about during this time in Israel's history, you might look, okay, I mean, I think through Israel's history, yeah, there was good times. But man, there's there a lot of bad times too. I'm thinking about the time of the judges. Did you call that a prosperous time? Well, you think about every time that the children of Israel had hardship, why was that? It's because they had turned their back on God. That's what the time of the judges was all about. God would, God would bless them. God finally led them into the promised land, right? Walls of Jericho fell down. Israel is having all these miraculous victories. God's divvying up the land, right? Um, they have a, Moses died, but they have a great leader in Joshua. Um, and what happens? Just this cycle of over and over and over again of God giving them prosperity, them turning their back on God, turning to idols, God sending you know, some, some form of, of you know, punishment of, of, of turning their eyes back to him, them repenting, God sending a judge, delivering them prosperity. And just this cycle over and over and over again. And man, how often does that characterize our lives? Where we are, we are blessed, you know, far beyond, I think, what we, what we even imagine. Um, I don't think we, we, even, we can even understand how blessed we are. Um, but yet we, we turn away from God. And what's and what's what's the admonition for times when you when you're living in you know the promised land right times of prosperity, don't turn to idols, don't turn to idols. And man, it's so easy to do. And we look at the children of Israel, man, they, man, they were so stupid, right? God, God, God literally wanted to rule them and wanted to be their king. And man, we we all look forward to the day. It's like, man, how great is it going to be when when God rules over us, right? Children of Israel had that, and they still turned to idols. It's crazy. Um, but how often do we do the same thing? Again, God, God is blessing us. God is working in our lives. He wants to work in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit. He wants to use us. But yet we still turn to idols. And we're distracted by all these other things. You know, these, these little G-gods that everyone else seems to be serving. Right? It's like, man, yeah, we got God. And God's doing all this stuff. But, man, we just want to fit in with everybody else. Man, they're, they're serving all these cool little gods. Man, we, we want our little God, too. And it, it seems crazy, Right? But we do the same, how often do we do the same thing? We're distracted by all these other things that, that seem so important to everyone else. Um, 
and we, we turn away from God to chase after all these things. So in times of prosperity, you know, in times when, when God is blessing our lives, don't, don't forget how you got there. And be, be grateful. Be grateful. You know, and, and, and gratitude is a, is a dangerous thing. And I think one of the reasons where we are at, not to get political, but one of the reasons why we are where we are as a nation is because I think we're just ungrateful. We're just ungrateful. I mean, we're not, we're not that old as a country. And you look back at our history, and it's, it's jam-packed with, with people willing to give their lives for, for an idea of, of freedom, not just you know, freedom in the broad sense, but religious freedom. I mean, we are started as a nation on the, on the idea of, of religious freedom. Um, and our history hasn't been that long, but there's been millions of people who have been willing to die for that. But we so easily forget that. Like, like you know, some of these major wars that we fought for these things weren't that long ago. But how soon do we forget those things? How soon do we forget how we got to where we are? And it's the same with us as Christians. You know, God, God will do this amazing thing. He'll do this work in our lives. He'll, he'll change our circumstances. He'll change our heart. He'll lead in our lives. And we come into a time of prosperity. And how soon do we forget him? Um, how soon does our pride kick in? It's like, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just where I deserve to be. You know, I got myself here. So I'm going uh, to kick back and maybe I'll, maybe I'll enjoy some things while I'm here, right? And we turn our eyes off God. But don't do that. Don't forget how you got where you are. It's only by the grace of God. And be grateful. Have an attitude of gratefulness. It's such an important thing. Um, and gratitude leads to pride, which I think leads straight to rebellion. See that all through the, the history of the children of Israel. I think when we look back in our lives, we could see that pattern maybe in our lives too. More often than we like to admit. But be grateful. Be grateful. Don't forget how you got where you are. It's all by the grace of God. <clears throat> so just, just in, by way of conclusion, by wrapping up, um, just want to think through just the last, you know, the points there. So you have the patriarchy, time of uncertainty, time of not knowing. And maybe, maybe you say that categorizes me. I'm, I just, there's some things in my life, man, they're just uncertain. Have faith. God has a plan. Take the steps that God has shown you and stay faithful in those. Maybe, maybe you're in a time like, like the time of, of slavery in Egypt, which is a, a time of hardship, a time of despair, maybe, maybe a physical problem, maybe, maybe um, you know, fill in the blank, right? Don't despair. Deliverance is coming. God has not forgotten you, and God wants to be glorified through your life. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you identify with, with the wilderness wanderings. Man, just, just life just seems to be grinding. Um, just not much is happening. Just failed expectations. Be content. Don't complain. You're right where God wants you to be, and God is trying to teach you something. God is working in your life. Be content. Don't complain. And maybe, maybe you feel like you're in the promised land where everything seems to be, or it probably is going well, right? Well, if that's where you are, be grateful. Be grateful. It's by the grace of God that we're all where we're at. Be grateful. Don't turn to idols. Don't turn away from God. Don't take your eyes off God. Because he's the one that got you there to begin with. Be grateful. You know, God, God gave us the Bible, you know, this major portions of history for, for our learning. You know, and what a shame 
it is if we, if we have these examples that God has given us and we don't learn from them. Um, and, you know, we, we, we all make mistakes. You know, we all fail the grace of God at different points. But learn, learn from the mistakes of others and learn from your own mistakes and realize that even if we had made mistakes, you know, which we all have, that God still wants to use our life. You know, God, God never gives up on us. You know, you see a lot of people seem like they've given up on God for whatever reason, you know, whatever excuse to make, but God never gives up on us. God always wants to put us back on our feet and always wants to continue using us. So wherever you are in life, you know, whatever stage you feel like you might be in, have faith. God has a plan, and God wants to use you. <clears throat> Let's pray.